Hustle podcast, episode number seven. Thanks for hanging out with us. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. The Magic beat the Warriors. Yeah. For the first time in, what, nine games. They broke an eight-game losing yeah. skid to the Warriors. They beat them on Thursday night. So uh, Orlando Magic basketball, the 2018-19 season in a snapshot. Beat the Raptors, yeah. beat the Warriors. Right. Yeah, lose to the Knicks and Bulls. Why not? <laughs> it's been a bipolar week, Nicky Football. It has. He is Scott and as you can hear him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando from 4 to 6. I, of course, am Nick Gronowitz. You can hear me on ESPN 580 as well. Part of the Orlando Pinstripe Post Network. Uh, thank you once again. You can follow Scotty Adanez says me at ESPN 580 Nick. So we're recording this on a Friday uh, the Magic have won seven of their last nine. The two losses are to the Bulls and the Knicks. Yeah. They beat the Warriors on Thursday, like I said. Uh, go figure, Scott. Help me out here. I, I can't do it, Nick. Um, this is definitely a bipolar Magic basketball team. I think it is a very much improved Magic basketball team. But it's been a crazy week. You know, like you said, losing to the Bulls, losing to the Knicks, two of the worst teams in the league, and yet beating two of the best teams in the league, including the best team in the association, the Warriors along with the Toronto Raptors. So, look, I mean, and and by the way, the Raptors and the Warriors may end up meeting in the NBA they Finals, they right? Could. Now, you beat the Warriors without Kevin Durant, without okay, Andre Iguodala. Okay, granted, but, but still you're playing against four all-star caliber players. Yeah, DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins as well as Steph Clay, Curry, Steph, Draymond Green, Draymond. Craig Thompson. I mean, so, so yes, if Durant plays, does Golden State win? My opinion is they probably win that yeah. game, but the well, bottom line is— They're not going to take the W away from you anyway. Exactly. Though. Bottom line is you go out and take care of business— against a Golden State Warrior team that is accustomed to coming out in the third quarter and annihilating people. Well, and that's exactly what they did, by the way. The Magic led at the half. The Warriors came out. They outscored Orlando 30-11 to in the third quarter, took a lead into the fourth, and then what did the Magic do? They did to the Warriors what the Warriors did to them in the third, yeah. in the fourth. Magic outscore Golden State 33-15 in the fourth quarter, and they come away with a 103-96 win. Aaron Gordon was sensational in this game, uh, and the defense was sensational in this game. What I'd like to do yeah, to how do you want to start, start yeah. the podcast is, is look at this win from 30,000 feet, if okay. you will, because... You know, we had heard uh, early on in the week, Josh Robbins, who does a great job for the athletic, talking about the Golden State game at Orlando being the biggest game for the Orlando Magic in seven seasons. And when both of you and I saw that headlines, I go, oh, come on, really? Clickbait. But the more you think about it, and, and I'm look, we all know Josh Robbins. He's a very good writer who's not a clickbait guy. No. Right? So, so I started to think about this, and I'm going, you know what? He's... He is right for a number of different reasons. Now, yes. I initially beaten, disagreed with this, right, by the way. Right. And I can see where Josh is coming from. I still think that, though, that was an important game on Thursday night. The game against Indiana equally no doubt, as important no because you're in a playoff run. No doubt, Nick. And you've had some big wins this year. You know, San Antonio and, and Boston and sure. the L.A. Lakers twice and so forth and so on. Toronto. But you did it on your home turf in front of what looked to be a sellout crowd at Amway Center with a lot of eyeballs on television sets on Thursday night, knowing that Steph Curry was going to be in your house from a 30,000-feet perspective. 
I actually agree with Josh Robbins. I think this was the biggest win for the Orlando Magic in the last seven years. You've got Steph Curry on your home turf. You've got, I mean, I'm out and about this morning mm-hmm. and people wanting to talk about the Orlando Magic. I just came in. I actually went to the bathroom before we did the podcast. I'm coming back to the studio and I've got two people asking me for tickets as if I'm Ticketmaster. That's what a win over a team like that, the two-time defending champs who are in your house, that's what a win like that will do for the Orlando Magic. It brings you to that next level. Now, to your point, you know, which is more important, the win over Toronto, right. win over San Antonio. Look, they're all important. They're all one of 82. In terms of the fans sure, and their engagement in this team, that win last night, I agree with Josh. I think that was the biggest win in seven years for the Orlando Magic. I really do. I guess when you look at it through that lens, I would lean towards agreeing with you and with Josh that it is a legitimizing win for right. the Orlando Magic. That right. is the kind of game that you win still sans Durant, sans Iguodala, and the fans start to right. jump on the bandwagon. Right. We talked about that on – we're going to talk about that as we're taping this here on Live Local Not Tonight. That's our question of the night, actually – Uh, On ESPN 580, did that win get you on the Magic bandwagon? Yeah. Uh, You see Fox Sports Florida announced that February was the most watched month in TV ratings Mm -hmm. for the Magic. That came out today. Yeah. Uh, You see fans asking you for tickets, like you said, while you're coming out of the bathroom with with toilet paper (laughs) stuck to your shoe. Uh, It is the kind of win that catches the attention and kind of legitimizes the team. Look, we have been sensing this all year. Okay, really all year long we've been sensing that there is something different about this Orlando Magic basketball team. But to the general public, you know, let's call it like it is. A lot of people don't pay attention to what's going on in the NBA season until after the NFL season is complete, until after the Super Bowl, right? So I I think that kind of lines up with the numbers that Fox Sports Florida has been having in the month of February, and here we are into the month of March. And you look at that Golden State game, Nick, total team effort. Like in the past, in the previous six years, you would have to get 35, 40, 45 points from somebody in order to, to stay in a game as, as against a team as good as Golden State. Last or, or, or Thursday night, you know, Aaron Gordon had a very good basketball yeah. game. Don't get me wrong. 22, 15, and three assists for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. And he played 36 minutes in that game. But right. it's not as if... You know, Gordon came out and scored 45. No. Even Nick Vucevic. I mean, you, you say that Nick Vucevic had an off game. I think he had, what, 12 points, 13 rebounds. 13 rebounds, six three assists, blocks. Yeah. Three block shots. 12, 13, 6, and 3 for Nick Vucevic. Uh, he was 4 of 15 from the field. Uh, you had five players in double figures. Aaron right. Gordon gave you 22. That's it. And Terrence Ross came off the bench in double figures and gave you 16. That's it. Previous six years, this team just goes into a corner and and folds like an after accordion the third quarter. after the third quarter, mm-hmm. in which the Golden State Warriors outscore them 30-11. to 11. I mean, they put it to them as they do to a lot of different teams, and Jordan's Bulls used to do the same thing in the third quarter. You come out, you dominate a team, and then you cruise in the fourth quarter. That did not happen on Thursday night. So the point is, this is a total team effort. We have noticed this all year long under Steve Clifford. There is a different mood there is a different rhythm to this team there is a different spirit to this team and I think what we've seen all season long is what a lot of folks saw on Thursday night 
at Amway Center when they finally started paying attention to the Orlando Magic and what is going on in the NBA. And when did the Magic turn into, I would say, a rim-protecting team? Ten blocks. Yeah. Ten blocks on Thursday night against the Warriors. Three from Vooch, two from DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine got Steph Curry twice. A couple times, yeah. uh, I know our guy David Steele mentioned that that was all about film studies that he saw when Steph goes over the screen. There's a specific way that he sets up. Uh, and DJ got two big blocks. I want to say at least one of those was in the fourth quarter yeah. uh, on Steph Curry. But defensively, you hold Golden State to 96 points, mm. and you and I were looking at the the defensive rankings in terms of points per game. Uh, this team has creeped up into the top five. Explain that. I can't. I, I mean, I, I, it, it goes back to one guy. That's Steve Clifford. Because you look at this team defensively over the previous six seasons. You look at this team under Frank Vogel last year, and Frank Vogel... Defensive guy. Guys love him, but I, he, he was he a was defensive guy coming from Indiana. This team was in the bottom third of the league in most every defensive category last year, right? Most every defensive category. You mentioned block shots. The Magic this year averaging 5.7 blocks per game. Nick, that's fourth in the NBA. How many I'm times? I'm sorry, they're fourth in the NBA that, in blocks. That is fourth in the NBA in blocks. How yeah. many times have we jumped all over Nikola Vucevic for not being at the rim? He's big enough. He should be able to meet guys at the rim. And he did last night he did for last a couple night. of big blocks or big defensive possessions in the fourth quarter. I tweeted this last night at ESPN 580. Nick is where you can find me. Is we're not allowed to crap on Nick Vucevic for defense anymore. No. Anyone that no. you run into on social media, at the games, around town, who's who mentions Nick Vucevic and says, well, you know, he's a one-way player. That's not the case no, anymore. The Nick case Vucevic anymore. has gone from a one-dimensional guy yep. that is skilled around the basket to now a multi-dimensional all-star player in the NBA. This guy has grown as a player, not just on the offensive side. Defensively, at the beginning of the year, it was, I'm putting an effort. Now Steve Clifford has him playing defense. He's yep. blocking shots. He's closing out on guys. His footwork on defense is better. His positioning is better. He's helping better. All around, Nick Vucevic has turned into a much better basketball player, but anyone who's crapping on Nick Vucevic for, for defense, yeah. they're not watching the games. Yeah, I, and I would agree with that. And look, I, this is what great coaching does because this is the same, virtually the same roster. And I know you, you had Jonathan Isaac for all of, what, 27 games last year, and Isaac has been phenomenal defensively. Lot. No question about it. He's changed this team. But this is the same Orlando Magic team. They're average. I'll say it again. They're averaging 5.7 blocks per game, fourth in the NBA. And as far as total defense is concerned, now I know points per game is is just part of the equation in terms of defensive efficiency. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Magic allowing 106.6 points per game. That's third in the NBA, folks. The Orlando Magic are third in the NBA in points per game against. They have held opponents under 100 points 17 times, including the mighty Golden State Warriors. This is no fluke what they're doing right now. It's no fluke. And, and even in team defensive efficiency numbers, they're very good. They are eighth in the league in that category. So everywhere you look in terms of defensive numbers, the Orlando Magic are right there. If you were to ask me at the start of this season, could the Magic be number three? Number three in the NBA in points per game against this late in the season, I would have told you that that there is absolutely no way they could do that. So I think that is a credit not only to the players, but the coaching staff led by Steve Clifford, who has given this team a blueprint and a different mindset. Okay, then I, I have to ask you this, uh, and I probably should have led with this before we got to the numbers, but 
you're seeing the way that this team is playing, the defensive numbers. And Steve Clifford's a defensive-minded coach. So was Frank Vogel. Mm. Is Frank Vogel just a bad coach? What happened no, with Frank I, Vogel? I, you know what? I, what I happened think, here? I think Frank Vogel is a good coach. Um, I think he was with the wrong basketball team. I think Frank Vogel is the type of coach who is very good with a veteran type of team. But in terms of young guys, in terms of development, in terms of attention to detail, uh, I don't think he was the right fit for this Magic basketball team. I think Jeff Weltman, and by the way, Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations, took a lot of flack from us in the media because we like Frank Vogel. We like Frank Vogel. We, we saw what he did you and I both, in Indiana. You and I both hated the move when Jeff right. Weltman and John Hammond fired Frank Vogel. I thought that Frank Vogel, you give him another year, and he would have figured it out. And he might have. I mean, part of this is development of sure. young guys. Aaron Gordon has developed as a player. You got Jonathan Isaac. The whole thing. We can run down the list. But uh, this this seems like it is a big coaching thing. There was something Frank Vogel no was lacking. And maybe just like... Just like in well, and let's let go ahead. Go just ahead. I would say, just like in relationships, it's all about fit. It's about you know, do your strengths mirror their strengths? You know, is that it? Does is that kind of the, maybe that's what happened well, here? With let's these guys. not forget this too. In you know, we we can go back to your guy Jerry Krause, the old GM of the Bulls, the Hall of Famer back in the day, who said that organizations win championships. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the totality of that statement. Mm-hmm. I think organizations and talent win championships. Sure. But I think over the previous six years, you really didn't have a great organization established by the Orlando Magic. The CEO, Alex Martins, goes out and gets Jeff Weltman. And I got to tell you, you have people running around this front office that I don't even recognize. You got tons of people in this front office. Jeff Weltman is building a front office. He is building an organization. He is building a culture. And as much as Jeff does not like that word culture, that's exactly what he's doing. So, if Frank Vogel is the head coach this year, are the Magic doing what they're doing right now? Maybe, maybe not. I, I tend to doubt it, but the organization is so much better now than it was last year and in the previous five years that who knows if Frank Vogel's still here, the Magic may be 29 and 34 going into the Indiana game on Saturday. Yeah, night. I, th- I think you make a good point. I mean, they have invested in basketball operations yep. uh, unlike any other time that they have in franchise history where you created the Jeff Weltman position as president of basketball operations, a whole new scouting. Heck, the Magic announced this week that they signed an exclusive deal with Stats to use the revenue revolutionary artificial intelligence powered tracking data did you see this i did not oh you didn't see this this was this was like three or four days ago uh stats the worldwide leader in sports data and intelligence in the orlando magic announced an exclusive deal that secures the magic is the only nba team Hmm. with access to what's called auto stats a revolutionary new artificial intelligence technology. Are your eyes glazing over already? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, they, they glazed over a long time so ago, but this is in, in yeah, semi-interesting. Just to, go along with, just to go along with your point here that yeah. they're, they're continuing to try to find another way to get information, and that's what this is all about. This is all about, can I have a numbers advantage yeah. over the other guys? Uh, the Magic will use tracking data produced by Autostats to analyze collegiate players and improve valuation decisions for the NBA draft. It delivers comprehensive player data. You, you understand where this is all heading. Yeah. Basically, this is a service the Magic now have exclusive access to. No other NBA team does yeah. for them during the draft process, which is where I think the Magic have lacked a little bit, especially mm-hmm. late in the first round into the second round. Yeah, I can't imagine how much money the Orlando Magic are spending on their front office and all the resources that they have at their disposal right now. It... it I, I 
I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that the, the DeVos family is doing it, but I can't imagine all the money they're spending, which is a good thing. It's a good sign for Magic fans, a good sign for the Magic organization that they are spending a ton of dough in that front office. So credit goes to Jeff Weltman. Credit goes to Steve Clifford for what's going on right now. Look, I'm not saying that this team is going to win the NBA championship. I did predict this team to go to the playoffs this year. But the bottom line is you're still 29-34 and going into a tough road trip, okay, at Indiana. And you talk about a surprising basketball team. Holy cow, the Indiana Pacers. They won't die. No, they won't. Without Victor Oladipo, and the other night they were playing without Sabonis. They were playing without uh, Tariq Evans. And yet they come out and defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, who got like 43 points out of Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So Indiana is 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 not dead. They are third in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, then you have a game at Cleveland. Yep. Another one of those tests at Cleveland on a back-to-back on Sunday and then at Philadelphia on Tuesday. So two of those three games, very, very difficult. But as we all know, the Magic tend to play up and down. And down to their competition. Yeah, five of your next, next six are on the road. You're at Indy, at Cleveland, at Philly. Home to Dallas, you get Luka Doncic at the Amway Center on Friday, March 8th, and you're at Memphis and at Washington. And so look, those five it, games uh, on the road, I, I you get a Memphis team that struggled, you get a Washington sure. team that's not really interested in winning, and a Cleveland team. So three out of these, really four out of the six, Dallas is, is not in the playoff picture either, where you have a chance to come away with those wins. But listen to what we're talking about right now. Playoff push, man. This, this is playoff fun. This basketball. is the first time we've ever done this, yeah, Nick. You and I have not had a chance to do this. I came to work with you in the summer of 2013. Yeah. The Magic have sucked since then. <laughs> they, have not, we have sucked since 2013. All we've talked about at this time of year for the last six seasons was what? Tankathon.com. That was it. That yeah. was it. And you finally, you, you rubbed off on me. You finally talked me into accepting the whole tanking thing. This is how fun it is. It's about watching the standings. It's about looking at the schedule ahead. It's about playing meaningful games this time of year. This is fun. And I realize you have an entire generation of Magic fans who grew up on tanking at this time of year instead of winning basketball games. But this is why you play the games. Don't I, I don't even want to talk about a potential first-round playoff series with whoever it is, Milwaukee, Toronto, Indiana. That does not want, matter. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Toronto. We, we played well against Milwaukee. Yeah. We played well against Toronto. And we played well against Indiana in Boston, real in Philadelphia. Um, who would I want? Whew. Wow. Uh, I'll probably take Indy. I'll probably take Indy without Victor Oladipo. But that team, we, we, you talk about defense. They are number one in the league in defense Indeed. in terms of points per game. Yeah, they, they really they make you work for it. Indy, I mean, you're going to play them. When do they play Friday night, right? They play Saturday Friday. night. Oh, Saturday yeah. night. Excuse me. That's right. You're headed to you're headed to Fox Sports Florida. Yep. Yep. I will be hosting in studio with uh, Lisa Leslie on Saturday night down there in Fort Lauderdale. Looking forward to that. But this is what it's all about to me. You you got 19 games to go here, Nick. Okay. This this Magic team is inside of the playoff picture barely. You're in a virtual tie with the Charlotte Hornets for the eighth spot. You're one and a half from Detroit at seven. You're three back of the sixth spot with Brooklyn right there. That, to me, is what it's all about. This is the fun stuff. Forget about the tanking stuff. This is when it gets fun. This is when 
you play meaningful games to build a basketball team in the future because I guarantee you, whatever this team looks like next year, Mm -hmm. who knows whether – I'm hoping that Nick Vucevic is back. I'm hoping that Terrence Ross is back. It's I'm a big hoping, decision they're going to have to I'm, make. I'm hoping we get a healthy Markel Fultz and a healthy Mo Bamba back next year. But whatever this team looks like next year, this team and this franchise will be better off for it next year as they go into... You they're, know, they're, already for it. No, uh, they're already better for I, it. No, they're already better for it because I you're totally playing agree. a meaningful. They're going to play a meaningful game on Friday, March second, for the first time in seven years. They're already yeah. better for it as it is right now. But uh, your your point is still correct yeah. that they're they're going to play more meaningful games after that. And by the way, uh, Charlotte plays Brooklyn tonight mm-hmm. on Thursday. Is where I mean on Friday as we're taping this. This is Friday. Not she's my days are all messed <laughs> up here. Um, but they're going to play tonight, which means if Charlotte wins. The Magic are going to end up being a half game back of the eighth seed, but you're also only two and a half back of the sixth seed. That's right. You still have a chance to catch Brooklyn and be as high as the sixth seed here as we finish out the season. Yeah, the point is you have to take that next step as a franchise. This this franchise has been mired in the muck, okay, for the previous six years. It's time to play meaningful games here in the final 19-20 games of the season. You're going to be better off for it. Uh, who will they take on in the first round? Quite frankly, I don't care, right? Let's just get to the first round and have two first-round playoff games in Orlando for a generation of Magic fans who have never seen playoff basketball to experience what that is all about because I'm telling you, it's incredible. It, it really is. is. It is. It's been a ton of fun so far uh, at, as we kind of uh, as we get closer and closer to meaningful games here. Uh, one other thing I want to make sure that we mention, we saw the Magic bench dominated by the Knicks in that loss. What, 68 to – they got outscored by 68 70, points. Yeah, 75 to 7. 75 to 7. Uh, the Magic bench showed up against the Warriors. Mm. I, I'm, Are you ready to come around to my opinion, Terrence Ross, is the MVP of this Magic team? Wow. We debated this on ESPN 580, uh, who the MVP of the Orlando Magic is. I know you took Nick Vucevic. He's the all-star. I understand. When Terrence Ross shows up, in a game where Nick Vucevic scored 12 points, I get 13 rebounds, 6 yeah. assists. He gave you a full box score. Yeah. If Terrence Ross doesn't show up, there's no other bullet in the gun. No one else's music plays. He's the most valuable guy in this team wow. because he is the leader of the bench mob. That That is a hot take. And you had me thinking about it the other day when you threw that out. You still have me thinking about Terrence Ross as possibly being an MVP of this team. But... Again, I'm looking at the numbers from Nikola Vucevic. I'm looking at an all-star season from Nick Vucevic. I'm looking at the consistency that he has brought to the court each and every night, even in that Golden State game, Nick. You say, well, you know, Nick didn't show up. Off. He had 12 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Dude had 3 block shots. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll take that for not showing up every night. So I'm still going with Nick Vucevic, but your point is very well taken because typically if Terrence Ross has a bad game off the bench, what happens? This team typically loses. But, I, I mean, I want to go back to the bench overall in general here. 75-7, to seven, you're outscored by the New York Knicks. I don't think – I've been following Magic Basketball. This is my 30th season. I don't ever remember a discrepancy like that. Now, there may be – there may be in the 30-year history of the Orlando Magic, I never remembered – a a, a a 68 point discrepancy as it was in New York and in New York rather for a bench quite frankly that's been pretty good this year it has the bench overall with their energy and effort and Terrence Ross with his points coming off the pine the bench has been pretty solid 
this year. But you're outscored. Explain this. You're outscored by New York 75-7 to off the bench. Sure. You come back against the world's champs, two-time defending NBA champions. You outscore those guys 35-12. to Explain this. I'm going to in two words. Terrence Ross. Ross sauce. Ross sauce. It's what's in the Ross sauce. The human torch, baby. That's what it is. Terrence Ross comes out and he gives you about 12 to 14 shots a game and he made four threes. Is the long ball going down for him? Yeah. And he hits them in big moments. He had two big ones against the Warriors in the fourth quarter Late. on. Yeah. I'm sorry. He missed one of them. He was fouled. Shooting. How many times has he been fouled shooting a three, by the way? He's, he's really gotten good at that. Yeah, but he has. When Terrence Ross arrives, when he's rolling, the rest of that bench, there's not as much pressure on him because when yeah. Terrence Ross gives you about 13 points, you know I only need a couple of buckets from Isaiah Briscoe. I need probably another five field goals after Terrence Ross's 14 points from the bench for this team to be in a good position to win. Yeah, it was good to see T. Ross back to where he's yeah. been pretty much all year long. He had 16 points against Golden State. Didn't even show up against New York for whatever reason. Maybe uh, staying on Monday night there in New York City. Maybe those oh, bench guys maybe? got to bed a little bit late. I don't know what happened. He got caught between the moon and New York City. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Studio 54, is it still open there in NYC? I'm I not don't quite think sure. so, but I'm pretty sure some other establishments are yeah, still I open think so. there in New York. Many, many a distraction in New York that don't exist in Orlando, but it was good to see T. Ross back against Golden State. 16 points. Heck, I mean, look, laugh now. Believe me later. It was good to have Isaiah Briscoe back. Yeah, he was cleared from was, the concussion protocol right before the start of the game, and Briscoe gave you eight points, nine rebounds. Yes. I didn't even notice that. Nine he's rebounds. tough, man. He's tough physically. He's tough mentally. I have to admit, I hated his game early in the season. I did, too. He's, he's, he's greatly improved. He's starting to round. I saw him, so he made his debut for the Lakeland Magic, not for the Orlando Magic. I saw him in Lakeland for a game, mm -hmm. and my honest opinion after the game was, Ugh. Yeah. I, 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 this ain't Estonia, well, bro. Well, exactly, and and we saw him early on in the season, and you're thinking, okay, what what does Jeff Weltman see in this kid? Again, tough-minded. He's very tough physically. He's big, thick, and strong as well, and doesn't let anybody out there push him around. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think you know having Isaiah Briscoe back off the concussion protocol is big, and then when you get Awando and Birch doing what they did against Golden State. And it's all about energy and effort with those guys. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, anything they get in terms of points is gravy. It's gravy. But they bring the energy and effort. I mean, that, that that's a bench that, that outscored Golden State 35-12 for a reason. They did a heck of a job against the Warriors. They did. Steve Clifford gets a lot of credit for being the big man whisperer for what he did with uh, Dwight Howard, what he's done this year with Nick Vucevic. Uh, let's start just giving Steve Clifford, the coaching staff as a whole, there's some guys he brought with him from Charlotte, of course. Yeah. Um, what they've done with point guards. Uh, DJ Augustine having a very fine season this year. DJ is DJ, but Isaiah Briscoe developing the way he has. Uh, Jerry and Grant is starting to come around. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with Markel Fultz once he starts to mm -hmm. get back into the swing of things and back onto a basketball floor. But the development of Kemba Walker yeah. in Charlotte and now what you're seeing with Briscoe and the way that DJ Augustine has even sharpened some of the other finer points of his game. Uh, Steve Clifford, not just a big man whisperer. I think he's done a nice yeah. job with the guards, too. He's done a, a great job with this entire basketball team. Now, we, we talked a lot at the outset of the season about the Magic's point guard spot, and I think I uttered it, maybe even you uttered it as well. This is the weakest point guard position of all yes. NBA teams, right? 
we, we looked at DJ Augustine and Jaron Grant, who really wasn't a proven guy coming over from Chicago, and Isaiah Briscoe, who played his basketball in Eastern Europe last year, and you're thinking, man, DJ, just stay healthy. Look at the minutes the Orlando Magic starters are playing this year. I mean, typically those minutes are going to be up there, right? 33, 34, 35, 36 minutes per Where game, are something they? like I, that. I have not looked at Steve this. Steve Clifford has done a great job in managing minutes all season long. I'm not quite sure what the averages are. I would be surprised to see anybody over 31 minutes per game yeah, right I can, now. I can actually tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that would be good, but I, I, I would be shocked. And DJ, he's, he's done a great job in managing DJ Augustine's minutes, too, to the point where he's been healthy all season long, knock on wood. Yeah, you don't have a guy averaging more than 33, 33. minutes okay. a game. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 33 and a half minutes. Evan Fournier, 31.6. Nick Vucevic, 31.1. Uh, Terrence Ross is in the 20s, 26. Jonathan Isaac, 26. DJ Augustine, 27. Uh, th- those are your main guys That's after coaching. that. I mean, like, those right? are your starters, right? So, I mean... Uh, he's done a very good job handling yep. those rotations. I'm surprised the numbers aren't higher for for a guy like Jonathan Isaac or DJ Augustine. He's done a great job. Augustine, who is not the biggest point guard, you know, actually he's one of the smallest point guards. Uh, having him at 27 minutes a game for how effective he's been, uh, that's that's very very uh, very good coaching. I, I think you pick two guys out where those guys' minutes needed to be managed greatly this year. Isaac and Augustine, right? Yeah. I mean, DJ Augustine, not the biggest of point guards, pretty slight build. A career backup. He comes in as the number one starter, like 1A and 1B this year. You knew that if he played, you know, 34, 35, 36 minutes per game, that his body was eventually going to give out. He looks fresh every game. And that's because of Steve Clifford managing his minutes. Jonathan Isaac is another kid who you want to develop, but you don't want to play him for 35 minutes per game, knowing what has happened with his body, at least last year, only playing in 27 games. So Steve Clifford has been masterful in managing the minutes of this team. And and now, here late in the season, we are seeing a fresh Magic basketball team because of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Anything else we want to get to here? Yeah, I want to talk about Aaron Gordon a little bit, okay. shall we? Yeah, okay. Um, we, are, I, we are at the 31-minute mark right okay. now. I'm just letting you know. All right, real I'm, quick. Do, do your thing here. You have to love what you see out of Aaron Gordon, the 22 points uh, against uh, Golden State. What did he have? 15 rebounds. First time he has ever beaten the Golden State Warriors, a team that he followed growing up in Northern California. We talk about coaching and Steve Clifford. And and I think on the, the last podcast that we were on, we talked about After that the win incident. over the Raptors, yeah. Uh, well, no, I, yes, exactly. When, that incident in Boston where Clifford yes. uh, called a timeout and got in Aaron Gordon's face, and I thought that, that could be the – the best thing that ever happened to Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is being coached, and he's responding with his most consistent year to date. Now, are his numbers down a wee bit from last year? Uh, without looking at them, I would say they probably are. But this, to me, is the most impressive, most consistent, most mature that we have seen Aaron Gordon in his five-year career here in Orlando. So I just wanted to send some kudos out to AG. He's been terrific this year. So his numbers last season, he gave you 17.5 points. He gave you 7.9 rebounds, uh, and he shot 33.6% from three. Okay. Um, and that was shooting six threes a game. This season, he's given you five, fifteen point nine points. So okay, he's about down. he's down a, a point and a half, let's say. But he's, he's a better player. He's giving you seven point four rebounds, and it's half a rebound. He's giving you a a one and a half more assists a game. 
Yep. While shooting the exact same percentage from three, taking one and a half threes less yeah. per game uh, and shooting better from the floor, 44% from the floor. Yeah. I love what I see out of Aaron Gordon. I think he is just scratching the surface for the Orlando Magic. He's just 23 years of age. What is he still? He's, we still kind of have to play this game in terms of you watch him at times and it's like you see, okay, that's what Aaron Gordon is. But what is he? Yeah, I, I think he's in the process of trying to figure that out. But as you're in the process of trying to figure that out, Nick, it's great that he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's that big three against Golden State that puts him up by three late in the game. I, I love what I see out of this kid. What is he? Um, he's a freakish athlete playing basketball right now. I do believe that in the next couple of years, that basketball IQ, if you will, is going to catch up with the freak athlete that he is. And and, and I think um, I, I, I think this kid could be very, very special in the future. Yeah, kind of a playmaking wing. I mean, you're playing him at that power forward spot, but a playmaking wing is what they have. And I thought last night uh, a, a great play to spotlight uh, what is this, like a second, third quarter? No, second quarter or so, drove baseline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jonathan Isaac is just starting to figure out how to find those open spots on the floor. And Aaron Gordon collecting two defenders, bounced it right to Isaac, who had a nice, easy lay-in, and it led to a Warriors timeout. Uh, those two guys are starting to play together better. And that basketball intelligence, like you said, for Isaac and Gordon, you know, you ask whether or not you can bring a Ross or Vucevic back. What makes you think maybe you can bring both those guys back and mm. commit to a six seed, seven seed, eight seed in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. is Aaron Gordon's still going to get better. Yep. Jonathan Ice yep. is going to get better. You're going to get something out of Mo Bamba, who's right. still out, was working on his shooting, although he's still in a boot. Yep. Your free agent acquisition for the Magic next year could be a better Aaron Gordon, a more developed Jonathan Isaac, something out of Mo Bamba, and whatever you can get out of Markel Fultz. Absolutely. So maybe that is the way that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are seeing By this. the way, the play you just described yeah. uh, against Golden State, Aaron Gordon does not make that play last year no. or his previous years here in Orlando. I think Steve Clifford has rubbed off on him in all the right ways. We good? We're good, man. I think we're good. Okay, so the Magic are tied for the eighth seed. Playoff push, baby! Let's do it! This has been uh, the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. A reminder, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the whole thing. Uh, Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find me and Scott here on the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Chris Crawford, too. He'll get angry if I don't throw his name in there (laughs) as well. You can listen to Scotty weekdays on ESPN 5 at the Orlando from 4 to 6. ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. Uh, You can listen to me those two hours and the other 22 hours in the day. Uh, as well as live, local, and loud from 6 to 8. We will be back uh, after the weekend. You're headed out to Fort Lauderdale. Yep. I want I want some Fox Sports Florida stories the next time we do this. Oh, I'll, I always have plenty of stories for you, Nick. I want us to yeah, take us a little behind the scenes. Uh, we'll be back, but make sure uh, you tune in, watch the games. You can also follow Scott on Twitter, at Inez Says, and me, at ESPN580, Nick. Uh, we will be back next week. Gonna get you.